Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome to episode 59 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. This episode is near and dear to Rick and our Rick and my heart. Uh, it's going to be about the Dominican Republic and sports and life in the Dominican Republic. Uh, we love the DR. Um, and we're going to get all into that in this episode. Episode 58 was fantastic recapping the, uh, the frenzy in Philadelphia, uh, during and, uh, leading up to during and after the Super Bowl. Uh, we got some amazing games on today. So looking at, looking forward to checking out who's winning the championship today. Um, you know, Rick, uh, before we get into the DR, let me hear your picks on, on the championship games we have. We need this being recorded. Fine, fine. I'll give you the picks today. My heart tells me that it's Brady in the box and Mahomes and the Chiefs in Super Bowl down in Tampa two weeks from now. But my brain is telling me it's the Packers and the Bills. I don't know where to go, Rob. I'm just so excited. I love Championship Sunday. Championship Sunday, man. You are all over the place. There is. <laughs> I usually just included all four teams. <laughs> I can go for anybody, Rob. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, you know, it's it's tough to root against Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau, but you know, I think the the Bucks are hot right now. Um, I'm going to go Bucks and uh, and then the Bills, baby. Bucks, Bills. Let's lock it up. Lock it up. It's going to happen. So many great storylines. We'll get into that probably next week as we talk a little more Super Bowl. But let's talk about the DR. It's 29 degrees here in New Jersey, freezing my ass off. I need to talk about some warm weather countries. So, Rick, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the DR as a whole before we get into the sports? All right, fine. So here's the deal. This podcast, this topic is uh, super unique, I feel like, to uh, the Brothers Brandt podcast and just offering some context and some 
just perspective that you might not get on a regular sports podcast. Rob and I have had the opportunity, the honor of traveling through our church on mission trips to the Dominican Republic. Most people are very familiar with Punta Cana, all the resorts, uh, just being by the water coastlines uh, and just enjoying your five-star vacation. That's not the experiences that Rob and I have had. We've actually gone mainland on it. We've spent time in uh, the country, the rural, the impoverished uh, areas of the Dominican Republic and gotten to see the hearts and the guts of that country and really probably 90% of what people don't really experience. And I think what was so cool, Rob, about getting a chance to see it was uh, we were really living it, um, not really as like tourists, but we were living it with the people and uh, alongside them for uh, at some points like a week at a time. And uh, I think that was pretty neat to get a chance to spend time in people's homes, um, their different uh, school atmospheres and on the playgrounds and the sports uh, arenas, which we're gonna get into right now about sports in the Dominican Republic and how it's just so unique and different from sports in the United States growing up as kids. Rob, let's start yeah. unraveling this. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to touch on that, Rick and I would, as he said, did mission trips. So we were helping to, you know, build up a school in the DR, which was awesome. I've been to the DR a lot. Uh, Shelby's family has a place on the in, in the on the shore on the coast. So I've been there, been to Punta Cana. Uh, awesome. It's a beautiful country with beautiful people, warm hearts all over the place. And uh, you know, in terms of sports, so uh, their main sport, the Dominican Republic main sport is baseball baseball is their their almost pastime like that is the number one sport that people play in the dominican republic rick will talk more about the training camps that are set up throughout there and you know soccer is a big sport as well dominoes is a big sport if you can believe it or not dominoes the little uh, game that, that i played with my grandparents uh rick, rick and i played with our grandparents and i have a funny story about that um, but we're not going to we're not going to start with the domino story here. We'll uh, we'll kick it off with some baseball. And uh, a cool stat is the Dominican Republic. So baseball is America's pastime. And, you know, obviously been around in the United States for hundreds of years, hundred years, hundred years, whatever it is. Um, America's pastime. And if you look at a pie chart of, uh, of baseball players and where they come from, majority is the United States, obvious, for obvious reasons it started here. But the next country behind that is the Dominican Republic. They've just been pumping talent into the United States. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a way out in their country. It's, it's, it's very serious. Like it is, it is a way out of poverty. These people don't have much. They live in shacks. They live, you know, um, I wouldn't even call it paycheck to paycheck, but like food, like food is scarce there. And it's a, it's a third world country. And uh, it was just really humbling experience to go on this mission trip. And what Rick's talking about is uh, the baseball game. Like, like talk about the baseball game we experienced at, uh, during that mission trip. And then I'll talk about like some more stats about baseball in, in, in the United States. Sure. So we're camped out on this uh, reserve, basically, this school. And it's in a neighborhood where all of the homes are basically pieces of sheet metal just pushed together to make like one or two room homes for people with several kids to live in. It's like very, very 
just something you wouldn't see in the United States. And, you know, there's no even like ground floors to the, to the homes. It's just like straight dirt is the ground floor, like for the flooring. Um, but so like very impoverished area, as Rob was indicating, and we got a chance to kind of like get off the uh, property at times and like walk within the village. And you definitely need to be a little bit safe and cautious. But uh, at one point, Rob and I, we strolled down to uh, where there was a baseball field and a little bit of like a stadium-esque setup of seating where we could come and just sit and watch and observe uh, these Dominicans playing baseball. And what I take away from that experience was us walking up to a field filled with, I would say, probably close to 100 um, kids that were playing baseball. And they ranged from ages probably like 10 years old all the way up to like maybe like mid-20s. There was just a wide variety of kids that wanted to be in and around the baseball field. Um, they were all wearing just a mix array of shirts and shorts and pants and cleats and hats. It was a lot of the stuff looked like almost like, you know, when you see like a team win a world championship or division. And then, of course, like they printed this stuff for the other team in case they won, but they didn't. So then they send it down to like a third world country. That's actually what a lot of this stuff looked like. It was like championship World Series Atlanta Braves stuff from the 90s, even though the Braves didn't win, the Yankees won. And like, so anyway. I remember um, seeing somebody, somebody was decked out in all pirate swag. They literally had pirates hat, pirate uh, shirt, Pittsburgh Pirates shirt, and then like Pittsburgh Pirates, like yellow gloves too. Yeah, like they were just a array of uh, swag down there. And they'll, they'll wear whatever they can wear down there. And they're super appreciative of it. And so anyway, there's like this large congregation of baseball enthusiasts. They have gloves. Uh, there's like only one bat like in sight. I remember only like being able to see one bat. And it was like basically the bat everybody was using and just handing off to the next person as they would come up to bat. There wasn't like a bucket of baseballs. It was just like one ball they were playing with. And so you have nine players out on the field and then uh you know like a group of kids that were batting and then just off in the distance would be like the other 50 60 70 people watching waiting for their turn almost like their game to start and it was just like a constant flow of baseball and the quality of baseball was so amazing like the double plays these kids were turning just the fluidity of like the way they caught and threw and fielded the ball was just immaculate and um, it was like what you would desire to see at like a professional level, but these kids were just so natural with it. It was beautiful and they all loved it. There was no coaches either. This was unique because like in America, you grow up and like you've got adults that are coaching and pushing and motivating and encouraging and teaching like positioning and where to be and how to do things in certain situations. But there was none of that going on in the Dominican Republic. It was just these kids knew what to do. They learned on their own and there wasn't any adult supervision. It was just pure joy and them uh, just relishing the moment to be out on the field with their buddies. Yeah, that was, uh, it was really cool to watch. And uh, they had, so um, it, the field was like a Sandlot type field. If you've seen the movie Sandlot, that's what like they were working with there kids were throwing like 80, 90 miles per hour, just whipping in like two seam fastballs. Like you could hear the pop from, 
from the from the catcher's mitt. Uh, it was uh, it was so impressive, and they they could definitely destroy me in some baseball. I'm not very good at baseball, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I remember while we were watching it, there was a helicopter that landed in the middle of the field, and just to give you how, like how life is down there it looked like a drug deal was going on in center field. Like literally game was stopped. A helicopter lands in center field. Me, Rick, and our other friend, uh, Al looked at each other like, what is happening right now? And it seemed as though like, this was like normal protocol. Cause like everybody just acted like it happens all the time and helicopter lands, somebody comes out, meets the person in the helicopter and then helicopter takes off and then they resume playing the game. <laughs> wild, wild. <laughs> Yeah, there were like moped bikes. I remember people took moped bikes out to like the helicopter. They got like a couple backpacks. As there was like a delivery going on. <laughs> yeah. And then they rode off into the community and then play resumed. Like the center fielder only slid over like 15 feet to his left so that the helicopter could land. It wasn't yeah. like we have to, it wasn't like we have to clear the field or anything. Like, oh my gosh, there's an aircraft landing right here. No, it was just like, all right, give it about six minutes and these guys should be good and we'll pick back up yeah like Juan like looked at his watch and just goes yeah yeah they're a little late today they're a little late so <laughs> yeah that's the way of the life down there man it's scary crazy and uh not safe but uh these kids are just like <clears throat> so obsessed with their sports like you said earlier kind yeah. of a way out for them and and, uh, and they just try to play ball as much as they can and I'm going to rattle off some names right here just to give the spectators, you know, as baseball enthusiasts, you know, I hope these names resonate with some people, but it's like, you know, some big name Dominican players that have truly shaped uh, the MLB and arguably some of the best players from specific teams come from the Dominican. Uh, you have Sammy Sosa, Robinson Cano, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez, Albert Pujols, Adrian Beltre, Vladimir Guerrero, the, the Alou family. You got Manny Ramirez, Miguel Tejada, Bartola Colon, Jose Reyes, Alfonso Soriano, Nelson Cruz. Um, let's see, you got uh, Johnny Cueto, which is like super popular now. Carlos Gomez, Francisco Lariano, Melky Cabrera. Uh, I mean, it just goes on. Sterling Marte. Um, let's see, Jose Ramirez, um, Gary Sanchez for the Yankees is Dominican. Uh, so you just have all of this and it's just, it's just crazy. That was just like, uh, the, the list goes on. I just want to bear in mind, we have, uh, spectators. I don't need to read this list off to them, but like, uh, Luis Severino, uh, all, all products of the Dominican Republic. And it kind of goes into like what I alluded to before is these training camps, Rick, talk about these training camps and what the behind the scenes look like for a lot of MLB teams. Yeah, it's interesting. So Major League Baseball and its organizations have all been pouring millions and millions of dollars into the Dominican Republic and the farm system that exists down there. And it really is unique. Um, in some cases, a really exciting and happy and amazing scenario. And in others, it's kind of a sad scenario. But Basically, the lay of the land is you've got all Major League Baseball teams building training facilities down in the Dominican Republic. And they've got a stadium, they've got several fields, they've got a weight room, they've got some classrooms. They have a complex, and all these teams have them. So if you're in the heart of the Dominican Republic, again, 
not at one of the resorts that a lot of people are familiar with. But if you're driving through the country of the Dominican Republic, you're going to on a pretty regular basis see like these big, massive uh, gates with different MLB team logos on them. The Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, you name it. And you'll just drive by and it'll be like the main entrance to their complex. And what happens is there's scouts that are down in the Dominican Republic on a year round basis. And they're going to the local fields like you and I went to. And they're keeping their eyes on talent. And it, there's like almost no rules actually down there. So like they can see a 13 year old boy who's like just firing the ball and smashing home runs and looking like really good amongst his buddies. And they can like walk up to him and be like, hey, we're with the Yankees. Like, would you, um, we would like you to come to our camp. And so it's like this really like, oh my gosh, I have an amazing opportunity experience for some of these boys down there. And then what happens is though, they like shut everything off in their life. And then they just fully commit to being on the property and being a part of the organization with the idea that, hey, I can follow their regiment, their workouts, their plans, their exercising, and my talent is there and maybe I can achieve it. Um, that maybe one day when I'm 18 years old or 20 years old, I can sign a big league contract and I can actually leave the Dominican Republic and I can go and have a career in Major League Baseball in the United States and maybe take my family or whatever. And so like there's these pipe dreams that happen down in the Dominican Republic. And there's definitely some phenomenal stories that you talked about, alluded to a few of those names, Rob, that have come from the Dominican Republic going through that really rigorous route and it's exciting but there's also stories of people that kind of like invest all their time and effort into it and then like it doesn't pan out they get injured something happens they just don't have the ultimate talent to reach it and then like they don't have much to fall back on so it's kind of like a catch-22 uh what some of the leagues and teams have kind of like done now which has been really inspiring to see is they're actually including like an educational component to their camps so it's not just like living and breathing baseball 24 7 they're actually helping a lot of these young men uh achieve their high school diplomas and like kind of put them on the road for success not just with sports but in life and that's been exciting to see the development from a lot of organizations over the last couple of years yeah, I love that they're having a contribution to education because they're, you know, it's like it, it, a lot of the kids don't make it. They don't make it. And then they're, you know, cast off to the side. But, you know, ex different experiences and, you know, our multiple people on the podcast like Shane McCarthy and uh, and the Kalish brothers. And they've gone through the farm systems. And, you know, I remember I remember Shane McCarthy talking about, you know, when he was in uh, short A. So like even before single A. Um, out in the uh, out in the Arizona uh, farm system for the Cleveland Indians, he was saying he was pitching against 16-year-old kids from the Dominican, like kids that didn't even go to high school, just like 15, 16-year-old kids um, that were prospects from the DR. Um, so really, uh, really fascinating stuff. Um, and uh, maybe they were like 17 or 18. There's a there's a good movie uh, if our fans want to check it out. It's called The Scout, and it was from 1994, and it stars Brandon Fraser. And it kind of 
uh, talks about what Rick was talking about, how like all these scouts are trying to find people. And I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it's a movie that like, if you watch it, you go, oh, that's kind of like what it looks like. And uh, Brandon Frazier, Mummy trilogy. He's known for the mum- the guy that played in all the Mummy movies, um, but that was one of his early on movies. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, lots of stuff happened in the DR. Uh, baseball's their main sport. Rick, anything else you want to touch on before I turn it over to this domino story? Yeah, you know, soccer's also a big sport down there. And I just remember some things that you and I experienced was we speak a little bit of Spanish and we have like, uh, you know, some background in Spanish. We're not overly fluent in Spanish, but Spanish is definitely- Not in the slightest. Spanish is definitely their uh, number one language. And so uh, at times it could be challenging for somebody who doesn't speak Spanish to interact with uh, people in the Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. However, uh, sports is like its own language. So you might not necessarily be able to speak and say exactly what you're thinking or wanting to say, but you can actually communicate through sports and you can end up spending hours and days. And in our case, at one point weeks uh, with these people uh, just playing the game of soccer or baseball and uh, just having that commonality. And that's what's so great about sports is Uh, It's such a unifying uh, experience. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. Uh, Sports is just so great. And I know you had that feeling and experience, and so did I, uh, being down in the Dominican Republic with a bunch of sports enthusiasts like ourselves. Yeah, we played uh, soccer with kids at the school that we were doing the mission trip with. It was uh... It was really, uh, really awesome. Like we just spent hours playing soccer with these kids and uh, it was so much fun. We actually uh, uh, brought down some cleats and, and, and jerseys that were donated, uh, which was very cool. And these kids were loving it. And that was another thing too. It's like just really humbling to see how grateful they are, especially coming from the United States where it's like, you know, um, just the culture is the next best thing. Got to get the best cleats, got to play a turf field. It's got to be, you know, all the best equipment and it's like we brought down hand-me-down cleats to these kids and you would have thought we gave them like bricks of gold uh and and they put them on and and where we were playing soccer was so crazy we were playing soccer on a slab of concrete that was probably like i don't know 30 feet by 20 feet and the nets were like broken like they they weren't even actual nets like kids today in little silver would look at that and just go what is this like garbage and like the nets were broken, like a couple of them are up on cinder blocks, but these kids were just having the time of their life, kicking the soccer ball around, having a blast. They were actually, wear- they were so excited to wear the cleats. Like the cleats were designed to be worn on grass, but they were so excited to wear them. They actually just wore them on the concrete, which is a disaster. It's like, it's like ice skating <laughs> and you're just falling all over the place. And I remember this five-year-old kid, like five, maybe eight-year-old kid or something like that. He like went to kick the ball, totally whiffs, eats it, falls on the ground. And I'm not saying that people in the United States are soft, but I'm saying they're soft. Uh, <laughs> if there was a kid, an eight-year-old kid that fell and like, you know, hit his knee and all that stuff in the United States, I think nine times out of that 10, that kid is crying, bloody murder. He's like, oh my God, my leg and all this stuff. This kid just ate it and gets right back up and goes in for a hard tackle against like another kid to get the ball back. <laughs> it was as if nothing happened. They're tough, man. They're, They're just tough. red They're different. Really They're tough. just red different. 
Yeah, I, I have so much respect for uh, people and <clears throat> kids growing up in different parts of the world. And, uh, you know, you see people like in the NBA, the Greek freak, people talk about how humble he is and how hardworking he is because he comes from a, a humbling background in Europe. And so, yeah, you know what? It's just like so cool. I encourage everybody to try to get that perspective, uh, both in life and in sports. We thought this would be a fun podcast to just give a perspective on sports in a different country than the United States growing up. Rob, let, let us hear this domino story and let's wrap this bad boy up. All right, great. So I went to school at Fairleigh Dickinson University up in North Jersey. FDU in North Jersey, um, it's like the United Nations. You got people from all over the country going there, a lot of foreign exchange students, uh, small D1 sports campus. So you got people from all over the world, all over the world there. One of my friends, he's, uh, he's actually from North Jersey, but he's Dominican and his name's Jose. And uh, he was in one of my classes together and he commuted to school. I lived on campus, he commuted. And we just hit it off in a couple of our classes. And, and Jose was like, hey, man, you want to come over to my place for the weekend? And I was like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. So um, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like we're having this big domino tournament. I'm, I'm Dominican. I don't know if you know dominoes, but dominoes is like the main thing that people play in the Dominican besides for baseball. And I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, it's like their national pastime dominoes. And I was like, OK, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, I could play dominoes. And what Jose did not know is that every summer, pretty much, every day during the summer, when our mom would drop us off at our grandparents' house from like eight years old all the way to 14 years old, I was playing dominoes against my pop-up and grandma pretty much every single day, the boneyard, matching it up, double fives, double sixes, stalling. I knew exactly how to maze it. It was great. It was fantastic. I was playing pretty much for six years straight. Jose did not know this. So I hustled him and I said, yeah, I think I've heard of dominoes. I think I've heard of dominoes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, I can play. So go over to Jose's house. He's got the whole place set up. They got rice and beans cooking. They got chicken cooking. They got all this awesome Dominican food going. The whole family's over. It's about 25 Dominicans and one gringo, AKA me. Everyone's speaking Spanish. I have no idea what they're saying. Like, I'm just like laughing, smiling, nodding, you know? Yeah, sure. Okay. And I know they're talking about me. And uh, we, we, go from, we go from playing three tables. So it was like six people at a table. We go from playing at three tables I was the last man standing. I ended up winning in dominoes and beating 18 Dominicans. And they were so upset, so upset that I hustled them that I'm no longer allowed back at Jose's house. <laughs> they were so mad. They were so upset, yelling, screaming, cursing in Spanish at me. Uh, but we had fun after that. We joked around. We cracked some beers. It was a good time. But um, don't, don't. Don't let me play you on the domino court, okay? I know I know how to play dominoes. It's not my first rodeo. And that about wraps it up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> For everybody out there, I'm Rick Brandt. I'm Rob Brandt, and we're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.